Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is brought to you by Parry Athletics, the best pair of training shorts in the game. They do rashies, they do shirts, but what I love is they have shorts for you to roll in as well as shorts for you to chill in. I love them because they're so multi-purpose and they look awesome. Now you can get your hands on these and you get 20% off with the code BULLETPROOF20 at checkout. Get yours today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Loaded stretching. That's right. I said it. Stretching with weights. What's going on with that? Now, if you're someone who doesn't really stretch and doesn't really mess with the flexibility stuff, you're like, you want to chuck weights in there? What's going on with that? That's freaking crazy. Well, my friends, actually, this is an exceptionally good way to take your stretching and flexibility practices to the next level. And giving a little bit of sensory feedback of some weight can help you. Let's get into it, Joseph. Let's talk about this thing because I have, I've, I've probably come to it only in the last couple of years, even though I used to kind of do uh, random variations of it. How did you come to incorporate this into your training and thinking about it? I didn't know much about flexibility yep. until I started training with Edo. Yep. Got, you know, really into the movement piece. And from sort of the beginning of that journey, there's, there was like a lot of exposure to loaded stretching. Mm. And at that time in fitness, and I'm sure you'd kind of you know, resonate, it's about 10 years ago, yeah. there, no one was, not many people were doing it in general fitness. Weird. Controversial. Exactly. Um, gymnasts were doing it. Sure. Probably Russians were doing it, like Russian yeah. athletes were doing it. Yeah, some dancers. Yeah, but really it wasn't something you saw outside of that. No. And um, in that way, it had a bit of a mystique to it. And I do remember like the general kind of vibe with the movement realm was like, you have to be careful, like you got to respect this. Mm. Um, which still holds true today, but I think it's probably not as, um, it doesn't have as much dangerous potential as, as we used to think it did then. Yeah, it's kind of been demystified a little bit. Not, not for grapplers anyway. No. And then you look at, you, look at um, you know, knees over toes, you know, he was doing a bit of loaded stretching work. Yep. And now it's very much the basis of a guy like, range of strengths you know he's all about it he's all about it it's really cool you know yeah. he's gone back in the archives kind of referencing movements from bygone eras that we just don't do in conventional fitness that were really good yeah and i mean i guess i became more aware of it through kettlebells actually hmm. so like if we think of a windmill it's a type of like hamstring stretch yeah it's like a glute side body kind of thing yeah and it's a loaded stretch it's ql like, oh my god and also when I was doing... But it wasn't sold to you as, hey, this is a lo It's just like, hey, we're doing windmills yes. as part of the workout. It's an exercise. Yeah. So I'm like, oh. And I think, yeah. Without Romanian deadlifts, right? Yeah. No it's one, like it's just a strength exercise. But it's, but it's probably one of the best hamstring stretches out there. It is. That's right. And I think probably I only started to think about it more relevant to trying to improve my pancake when I was trying to get like deeper, lower, stronger and like get sub-split, like elevate my feet on books. Deficit and split. Deficit yeah. split. Like Pancake, for those who don't know, is when you sit on the ground, you, you straddle your legs, send them out wide, 
and then you're trying to bend f- like forward fold and like put your torso on the ground. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it was. It's interesting because once you've hit a certain level of range of motion, um, whether it's through a, a more static piece or a dynamic range, you can start to load that bad boy up. Like, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this is we do loaded stretching in jujitsu. You know, we are forced into stretches by our partners and we have to resist it, even if just not to give up. Not necessarily you didn't escape, but you're like, oh, I don't want to tap. I'm in this huge stretch position. You know, your hips are one way, your legs are the other way. Yeah. You're getting fucking smashed. Yep. And you have to kind of eat it to the point that you can regain your guard or you can get out of that bad spot. Or you force the tap. Or you yep. just, oh, your spine breaks. <laughs> oh, my God, tap. And so I think it's really relevant because what has been occurring to me is more and more people are starting to wake up to the benefit of it. And even, even I know our good friend Andrew Locke would probably, Dr. Locke would not like me to say it per se because he's not, he's not necessarily, he doesn't out and out say stretching is bad, but he had done a seminar where he got a gentleman to try to squat with his body weight. And this gentleman was just a, a member of the audience. He was struggling to get to 90 degrees. Then he put a kettlebell in his hands and he was saying that feedback and that stimulus for him to be able to get tight and it was like, I don't know, eight kilo kettlebell this then enabled him to kind of squat ass to grass. And he was saying how adding load can enhance a person's ability to move through a range of motion. Yeah. And, and so I, I thought, yeah, that's, that's actually really true. And it gives you this little piece of feedback that when you're doing a stretch just without any kind of load, you don't necessarily have that. And it's kind of hard to feel – you don't have anything to work off other than, oh, my God my cars feel like they're going to explode or, oh my God, this is just really uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, like if we look at, say, so so loaded stretching, right, often gets compared to um, like static stretching or passive, which is seemingly not loaded because you're not holding on to anything. Sure. But if we take a calf stretch, yeah. a single leg calf, it's your whole body weight. Of course. Right? It's You're, you're loading it with yourself. Mm. If we take a, um, you know, if we're talking about, say, some of the stuff we do, like a stride stance good morning. Yeah. That's a heavily loaded hamstring stretch, right? I it's bet. like you forward it's your folding. Torso. With, yeah, with your body weight. Um, and, and certain other stretch, right? So yeah, like we know like sitting down and like reaching for your hamstring is generally not a particularly effective stretch. No. But when you understand the mechanics of stretching and you know how to leverage yourself into the position and apply load and contraction, yeah. now that position becomes very effective. There is resistance there, but it's not obviously quantifiable that's right yeah so i definitely think like yeah for the for people who are newer to it who like it's it's hard to like you want to start stretching it's hard for you to understand these mechanisms of what makes that stretch ineffective versus the one that's effective yeah so in that way sometimes like hey just hold this kettlebell and fucking go feel that or okay now we're doing it yeah like that's a real easy way for you to get that feedback yeah it can and it can help people uh, not skip a step but it can help people uh, who are less familiar with the movements or positions that you're trying to work on have something to work off whereas if you've never done a movement before you don't know how it's supposed to feel you don't know what you're meant to brace you know so i think there is a value in just small amounts of load like one of my favorite like loaded stretches, it sounds a bit obscure, is an armbar where someone has to just hold a weight, the armbar drill, and kind of turn to go belly down. 
Now, this is just a rehab. So you're holding exercise. the weight up overhead. Uh, you're lying down, actually. Yep. You're on your back. But yeah. it's like, yeah, you've like pressed it up, you've right? You've just got to keep your arm there and you've got to turn away from it. Yeah. So it requires you to use a lot of your rotator cuff, your rear deltoid, and you're stabilizing your arm out to the side. Almost no exercise allows you to do that, especially if you've got a shoulder injury. If you've got torn rotator cuff muscle or you've got impingement, it'll be very difficult for you to just lift a, a five kilo dumbbell out to the side like that. But lying in that position and you just working around what range you have, you gradually re-educate or re-coordinate your shoulder to be like, okay, when I'm here, my rotator cuff is using is working to stabilize with my scap and my rear delt and I work back. And it's it's just a process of retraining, but it's very safe. And, that, and that's a really cool thing about it that I've seen people who could barely lift their arm up. This actually happened recently with a client could barely lift his arm get him to do like a couple reps of this armbar drill. And then he was like, oh, mate, we've, we've woken up those muscles and relaxed his chest a bit. And like, oh, now that the arm feels more stable and less sore in position. And it, it really, it's just a, it's a type of coordination. Yeah. So what I wanted to get into was like, we do use some of these movements. Yeah. Um, in, in, a lot. in our program. And recently, I mean, Ray posted about it. You do it. I have been working on it a little bit. I will post a video about it soon. J-curl. Now, some people hate the J-curl. They think it's bullshit, so dangerous, you shouldn't round your back, all these different things. Jefferson Curl is Sorry. the full name. Yes. Sorry, just, just talking like the kids. It's back word. of house dialogue. Word on the street, slang. Are we J-curling today, <laughs> bruh? What? Hitting that J, baby? Bitch, you don't know J-curl? <laughs> Just a tourist when it comes to the J girl. I live here. Jefferson girl gets a lot of hate because it does because it's got a spinal movement in there. A lot of flexion. Like, You're going to hurt your back. But really, I think people who struggle to touch their toes, and there's lots of people out there who do. When you do give someone a, a little bit of weight, just nothing that's going to actually injure them, as a as a way to work against or drive into the position, it actually unlocks a lot. Like I know for myself, like I I. Forward fold is a weak movement for me. And then when I have that weight in my hands and I think about actually not, it's not hanging off. I'm actually driving it forward. The range I can get, it, it actually will improve, I don't know, 10%, 15% in, in just a couple of reps. Yeah. Like one set of five. Yeah. And I feel I've gotten further. And, and, and it's very obvious if you're standing on a step and you're hanging a weight, you're holding a weight, how far are my wrists relevant to my toes? Yeah. I'll go from just touching my toes to maybe getting my toes to my wrists. That's a fucking big jump in a minute. Yeah. Just by having that stimulus there. Talk to me uh, for you with the J curl. Yeah. So the, yeah. So like, that's a good example, right? Of how like having that feedback allows your body to more effectively get into the position Mm. because the, you know, if we just, if we kind of think about that, like you're standing Jefferson curl, if you don't know, you're standing, your legs are locked, quads are engaged, and then you're folding forward and trying to reach as far through the ground as you can. Now, you're usually on a step or a platform because you're trying to get Exactly, like so you go beyond your, your feet. Whereas, you know, for someone who's like, if you really tighten the hammies, um, just trying to touch your toes while standing is kind of the, the challenge. Yeah. The weight gives you some kind of feedback. And so what are we talking about with the feedback? It gives you something to like to frame against Mm. it's almost like when you're um like a a good kind of example when you're 
drilling something with a partner and they're not giving you the response that you need for the drill to work. And you're like, man, when I push you, you're meant to push back. So that's how I, and, and when they're not doing it, it just, it's all wrong. And then when they do it, you're like, boom, technique works. Yeah. There we go. And it's the same kind of idea, right? Like it allows you to find, what are we talking about? The, the feedback is like, it allows you to coordinate or organize the body better. It allows you to contract certain things. Um, it just gives you input so that you you can you can be more active in that position. Yeah, squatting's a great example too, right? There's plenty of people who can't do like a resting squat for shit, mm. like an unloaded squat. Body but weight. you put a barbell on their back with 30, 40 kilos, squat looks pretty decent. A bit of feedback. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, oof, now I'm tight. Abs are switched on. Hips are going. You could say that it's was it the weight or was it just that that's the cue they needed to just fucking focus a bit more but either way it gets them there yeah and we had a discussion about this recently on the kind of coaching chat on our facebook group that a gentleman posted a a video about him doing the jefferson curl and he's like well how do i get better here because i've seemed to have topped out here and he was probably doing something which i do a lot which is i really lean my hips away from my heels because i don't want to feel my calves <laughs> like yeah, right. if, if your hips are more directly over your heels you feel the calves yeah and if you, you got more weight in the front of the foot yeah you, when you like when you lean the hips back a bit it gives a little bit more space at the ankle yeah it takes a bit of pressure off the calf but even though you feel more in your hamstring but, but no you need to come forward that little bit you need to eat that calf discomfort yeah and the other thing too is he wasn't really active in the quads and the abs and, you know, that's cool. He's learning. But it's like what it does for you to really tense your quads. And I actually get ab cramps. Mm. Like because I'm really trying to compress through the front. And we, we've done some videos on this before. But that actually will always, every time I try to engage more to get that compression, I, I get at least five centimeters more range. Yeah, absolutely. And, th- I mean, and that's really where then the the stretch starts to become a strengthening drill, doesn't it? Yeah. Because you're talking, your emphasis then is not on, or your focus is not on the, the stretching side, but it's on the shortening side of the yes. joint. Um, which, you know, we don't have to go further into now. It just, it does blur the lines, right? Like people are like, oh, it what's, does. what's stretching and what's strengthening? And essentially it's, it's all the same. Like it's, yeah, it's all movement and it just depends on what level of competency you're at. Do you have range? Can you do it under what, to what degree can you do it? Because very advanced practitioners can do very heavy J curls. Does that mean that's what you should do? Probably not. Like if you've never done it, you just, you know, you've obviously got to be able to stand before you can walk, walk before you can run, all these things. Yeah. I would say like I kind of view them as sitting on not so much as like there's no order to it. Like there is is a a basic level of preparedness, which is like, you shouldn't be doing loaded stretching if you're weak as shit. Yeah. Right? And, and, and if, if that is you, then yeah, just doing some basic strength training is great. But once you have a basic level of strength, and you would say that most people who are trained jiu-jitsu are already going to have some kind of level of strength. No, I'm not going to assume, but continue. Um, yeah, go with me on it, right? So like if you're doing it for a year or two, like you've got to have some kind of strength to the body. They kind of exist parallel to each other. And it's really just... What intention are you applying to that exercise? Yeah. And you can apply the intention of strength or you can apply the intention of end range. Yeah. You know? And so like range of strength is a great example. You look at his yeah. stuff, 
He does do some stuff that's just basic strength. Yep. You know, you look at all of his deadlift variations Squats, and whatnot. Deads, all that. But a lot of his stuff is strength training with the specific intention of increasing end range. Range of motion, yeah. You know, and I think that that's where um, I would, you know, I think that we can agree that's where most typical people who are like doing some strength work, they just have a blind spot mm. is they're not thinking about end range at all. No. And, you know, for us, I know when we introduce people to it, and this is what we do through our program, but through the people we train here, they become more flexible. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm just lifting weights and shit and I'm getting more flexible. And yeah. it's because of the intention they're now applying to the exercise. Definitely. And look, I think it's interesting because I've recently heard people like strength coaches talk shit about flexibility training. Even though I mean, they love to. They always have. I used yeah. to as well. Well, yeah. I mean, it's when you look at the strongest, most flexible people in the world, they train resistance at end range. They are strong in a full stretch. Yeah. And I know that when we would, like in Taekwondo, when we were trying to train our middle split, you'd have somebody... Like you'd have to like squeeze your adductors and have someone force you, like someone push down on your shoulders and you had to like, mm, like resist resist, and like do PNF work and be able to come up and all that is types of resistance training in a stretch. Yeah, position. like it's muscular contraction Action. at the end range, range, which is strength, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. This is, this is where just a little bit of context for anyone that's doing our standards program. Yeah. This is the beauty of that program is that like now that you know this, that your flexibility training mm. can be used as accessory to your strength training. Correct. So say you do some deadlifts, you do some squats, and then you go do some splits and some Jefferson curls. Yeah. That seems like oh, I'm doing this and then jumping that. No, it's a really nice continuum it is. where you're working hamstrings, hip flexors, quads, just with two slightly different intentions. That's right. The only, the only other thing on this is someone had pointed out, but what if you get your mobility really high? Like you move your mobility up to like brown and black belt standards. Do you need to warm up before you warm up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because typically we use, mo we typically use mobility as a as a, a way to warm people up for other heavier, like yeah, or heavier stimulus lifts. But then they were like, "Oh, I'm um, I'm already doing certain movements." So can so I talk on what you just mentioned about so to cut, on what you just mentioned about the warming up for the advanced stuff? Because mm. there is a thing there. I think with flexibility work. You like say with how we view it with our users, most people suck, and so like they're most people are pretty early on in this journey. So it's like okay, well, we just want to give you some mobility work so that you can start to build this shit and get to a baseline, yeah, or improve your baseline. But then there's like this next journey, which is now you want to do some advanced shit. Mm. You want to do skin the cats. You want to get the front splits. You want to go, you know, you want to go beyond hands to the floor with your yeah. Jefferson curl. Now this requires, it's its own practice. Yes. So it's not just about like, hey, do these few drills before training and you're good. Stuff. It's like, yeah, now you got to treat it more seriously. Yeah. And it's like when you're more advanced with your strength training, now your warm-up becomes way more significant. Involved. Yeah. Whereas for a newer person, it's like, I oh, just do a set with the empty bar and then let's go. Sure. But I, no, I, I think what this one gentleman said was like, my mobility is really good and now it's getting hard. And the way you've got it structured is the mobilities at the start. And they were like, do I need a warm-up before my warm-up? You know uh, what I mean? Uh, right. like, yeah, yeah. Do I need to do some prep before I'm doing my J-curls or my weighted Cossacks? Because this is what I was going to say. A Cossack is a really good example of like a loaded stretch of sorts. It is essentially a squat. It's a tricky-ass squat. And if you can't do it, if you can't do it, if you have no range, if you can't get below 90, 
I mean, maybe adding a little bit of weight because we do a counterbalance version, which can help. But chucking a barbell on your back is not that. That's that's not a good strategy. It's, it's, yeah, it's advanced. That's why we have that as the advanced option because it keeps you so honest. You have to keep your back straight. Yeah. You have to have the hip mobility. Otherwise, you're going to collapse and it's going to be a mess. But yeah, for me, I had been thinking just before the new year, which way do I want to steer my training and for me i want to set some prs around standards mm. so as opposed to just just trying to get my back squat up to as heavy as it can go i'm like i've never tried to max out my cossack i wonder what what's that look like so i've been bringing that back in and and so i'm i'm trying to work more around being as strong as possible and taking advantage of the flexibility bits and pieces fuck yeah yeah so I mean, and, and say you went on that journey like wholeheartedly, right? And you're mm. like, yeah, fucking three days a week, I'm going for it. End range, you know. Yeah. What would we expect? Say you didn't deadlift this whole year, but mm. you did a bunch of hamstring lengthening stuff, you know, all that shit. How much would you actually lose on your deadlift if you retested it? I think it would be grip. I think, I, I think, I think hips wise, I'd be, I think I'd be just fine. Right. I might be stronger. Yeah, right. But a a huge component of the deadlift is the grip. grip. I'd have to do a whole bunch of other grip training to keep it up. So even that, you might lose what, 10%? Uh, Yeah. 15%? Maybe. Not even. I think. Yeah, like it's not like it just dissipates completely. No. And I think what people would be surprised, I think Emmett uh, Emmett Louis had talked about how he never does hip thrust. He does heaps of other shit. He's like, I can hip thrust 300. like yeah he he, he's like his opinion is like hip thrust is overrated for glute development he's like there's all this other shit you can do he's like i don't do hip thrust and i can do 500 kilo hip thrust because he's got strong ass glutes but that's from all this other shit he does i do believe there's a lot of ways for you to get really strong hamstrings adductors hip flexors quads everything without doing necessarily the, the, the the stock standard stuff even though it's still good it's still good. Yeah, simple shit is good. Um, but yeah, so Cossacks is, is, is one for me that Money. I... It's lovely. Um, pancake, a loaded pancake, because I'm getting back into my kind of middle split and uh, just spending some time there and moving and grooving. And I'm like, I haven't loaded this up for a while. And, you know, people who are advanced and good with it, they can, they can do a bit of load there, you know. Now, are you talking pancake with your legs split as far as possible, or are you keeping a narrower split? No, I would like. I'd like it to be as far as possible. Right. So you're using it more with a side split bias. Yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, man. I mean, it, for me, it's pretty complicated. Like it's it's more complicated than people think because not only is it so tough through the hips and the groin, but it's the folding as well. Like the by pushing the pelvis back, trying to keep the back straight. It's like it's fucking tough. Yeah. I remember the first the first set of filming we did. You were like, hey, we should just we should do some loaded pancake stuff. And oh, I was yeah. like I was like, fuck. I haven't done this in We did years. some partner stretching in that yeah. photo shoot, didn't we? I was like, oh my God. And I was sore. Like I got you know, I I could do it, but man, I was sore for days after that. I was <laughs> like, shit. I've been missing out on that. <laughs> do you yeah. have um any favorite uh loaded stretching work that you you dig oh yeah so like at the if i look at like what i've been doing for the last year consistently mm. moderately consistently um 
long lunges and all and like front split variations. Front split, yeah. Yeah. So long lunges is like, you know, and these are in standards, right? We're talking hip flexor stretching, hamstring stretching, yep. and quad strengthening oh, yeah. all bundled up into this drill where you're trying to have straight legs and get your balls to the floor. <laughs> of course. If, um, you, if you have balls. Yeah. You know, you fucking Shout out if you don't. Your crotch. Yeah, your crotch. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that. Or a lot of that. I've been doing it consistently every week. Yep. Um, what other loaded stuff have been doing? Jefferson curl consistently. Yep. Been doing some overhead loaded stretching, so oh. for thoracic and shoulder flexion. Yeah. I, I suck there, by the way. My absolute worst all-time is backbend. Yeah, right. Extension, thoracic. Fuck. I, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah, and I have been working on the backbend, though I'm thinking the backbend is one of those ones, it's not loaded as such, but it's highly active. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it is loaded. Well, it depends on how well you can get your well, the sh- yeah, but the shoulders sh- over your hands, but right? The stre- yeah, yeah. But the stretching tissues are not – and I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming up with this thought as I say it. I don't think the stretching tissues are loaded that much because it's like hip flexors. Or it's all front chain. Yeah, but I, my only caveat to that is if you've got a lot of internal resistance – it's very loaded. <laughs> you know, like you're fighting your well, own yeah, inability. Yeah, you just can't it. get into it. That's the, 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 the trick is you just won't be able to fuck with it. But you know how you can progress and regress it, like foot position, like yeah. being higher, feet being lower. Doesn't that then add lo- – anyway. It does, but let's say like um, – you remember when we did, um, we did some of that loaded stretching – we did the um, human crossbow. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I would say like that is a more, because of the vectors of force, that is more loaded specifically through this. Those muscles. Yeah, and if we've ever done, I don't know if we've ever done um, the ass to ass, but that's the loaded partner hip flexor stretch. One time. <laughs> <laughs> that time Joey and I got together yeah, with baby. ass to ass. Yeah. I'll show, I'll show we'll do a video on the ass to ass one time. No. It's actually one of the best stretches, but in any case... Um, but yeah, I'm trying to do those consistently and a bit of side split stuff. Um, and Jefferson curls, man, they're always there. Yeah. Usually for my warm up now. Yeah. And here's, here's, I think, something worth mentioning. There's a difference between a, a, like, so we're talking about classic loaded stretch, Jefferson curl. There's a difference between an extremely active, intentional variation, like we're talking about with 12 kilos of weight mm. and. The person you see on Instagram who's trying to one RM it with 150 kilos on a barbell. Of course. And there's Atlas, nothing. Atlas yeah. Atlas Shrug doing the, the Zercher version. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Oh Super heavy, right? Oh, my God. And there's nothing wrong with those. But that is obviously, like, it's dangerous. Like, it's crazy. You, you can totally fuck yourself it's up. It's next level. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, when you see stuff, like, from the naysayers who are like, loaded stretching is bad or Jefferson curls will hurt your back. It's like, they can. Mm. if you're fucking with it at that extreme level. Of course. But 12 kilograms, I can guarantee you, you are putting your body under infinitely more load when you're training jiu-jitsu. Yes. Than, that, like think of about someone stacking you when you're inverting. Or they sprawl on you. Or, yeah, yeah, like that's a whole like extra amount of load. Yeah. So I think we've got to keep it in context with that. Definitely. But it's just probably more people are more willing to accept physical damage in the context of Brazilian jiu-jitsu than anywhere else. You know, well, yeah, that's right. It's just, yeah, I'm here, I'm here for the thrashing. Whereas when they go to the gym, maybe not. Um, what I was going to touch on is skin the cat. Because actually, people see the move. It looks cool. It looks cool as shit. You're like, I'm a fucking gymnast. People, it looks so um, like childlike. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm on oh, the monkey do bars. That. Yeah. I kick through. 
either roll through, let go, or roll back. But when you've got to do a couple of reps of those bad boys and you're doing it with control, like the abs and the shoulders and really trying to, you're trying to get deeper in that, man, the pull to the shoulder. I have a friend who may have injured themselves doing said movement. <laughs> it's tough, man. You can fuck you up. That's you a heavy can. loaded shoulder stretch. Because you're so deep in the shoulder, like, extension piece. And, yeah. like, trying to pull out of it from there. You maybe because you went into it eccentrically, you don't know if you can. I mean, you can always bail. Yeah, you can just be like, "Nah, I gotta let go and drop down." But, dude, that that for me, I feel is one of the most intense shoulder kind of loaded stretches there is. Yeah, your bicep potentially hasn't been exposed to, to like your full body weight at its total end range. Yeah, like you know, your bicep gets under that load, say in an armbar, briefly. Yeah, but it's it's different, right? It's not in full extension. It's hanging. Yeah, so it's and and I think when most people can't see the position and understand that, they're just like, oh, that looks cool. But when you're like, no, man, like that fucking tissue there actually has never been exposed to what you're exposing it to right now. Yeah, yeah. I've I remember in the early days of our gym, a couple of people torn biceps yeah not fully ruptured but, but just, just like ah. they come down oh and you're like oh what happened they're like i don't know something and then it's like six weeks off yeah so you're like okay we can't give that to everyone they got to do like you got to do some prep work first yeah. and with all of these movements there are regressions right like if you can't if you're like i want to do skin the cat but i'm not sure how to get there there are stages yeah um, absolutely like whether you're just on the ground like toes on the ground or toes on the step and trying to get a bit lower and just Yep. Working through partial ranges. Hands on well. a box. Hands on German hang, right? Yep. There's there's a lot of ways for you to start to access these kind of and it's not even that they're showy, they're just people become familiar with them. They're like, that looks cool, I want to do it, but you don't realise it might take you a couple of months before you should even touch it. Yeah. And so yeah. I mean it kind of is it's funny, right? Thinking about like the showy thing. It's like if you want to just see raw strength. That's powerlifting. Sure. If you want to see raw strength coupled with extreme ranges of motion, gymnastics. Gymnastics. And that's why everyone that you watch gymnastics is like, oh my God. What are they doing? Look what that fucking 13-year-old girl just did on that balance beam. Holy shit. Or look at this guy up on the fucking rings. Like it is wild. And it is, it's the ultimate expression of those two things, right? Mm. There's other things that express it, right? Like um, when uh, the meow, when Paulo doesn't tap to the knee bar that... <laughs> Kate puts on him or whatever. Yeah, you know, like you see it, you see it at times, but it's like, yeah, that I think from a human performance point of view, when you see incredible range coupled with incredible strength, it's quite super impressive thing to see. But it also feels unattainable. You're like, fuck. Yeah. This person, I'll never do a rings routine. I'll never do that. But the truth is, there is steps you can take to get closer to it. You know, yeah, you might not do an iron cross. But you can build up to doing skin the cat. Yeah. You know, if, if I can do a skin the cat, you, you can get there too. Like I've had really tight shoulders a long time. And yeah, it's just, I think knowing the steps and knowing when to the right time to add the load or like, this is often what we yeah. get questions around. When, you know, when is the right time to do that? Now for me, I'm just kind of in summary, I usually try and make sure a person has a good amount of range of motion through, you know, whether it's their hips or their their shoulders or their back or whatever before I start to add any load. Yep. But I know that, Joe, you've spoken before about how giving someone a little bit of load helps them get there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think um, I kind of agree with you. I would I like kind of have that in my mind as like a basic prerequisite. Mm. But I also at times will bypass it when I know that the load is going to get that person, like it's going to help accelerate things. What I, the prerequisite though when I do that is that they understand what we're doing. Right. So, you know, if we're doing a skin the cat, say, well, skin the cat's a bad example. So Jefferson Curl's a good example. Sure. Because it's like, all right, these other hamstring stretches aren't really working for you. Mm. Let's get you into a Jefferson Curl. But I make sure they understand what the, in, like, how to actually do it, like the intention of the shortening side of the joint. Mm. And also that, hey, this can really fuck you up if you don't respect it. Yeah. So never go any heavier than 12 kilos or right. whatever the prescription whatever is for that person. Yep. Um, and, you know, maybe just do it with me for the next month. Yeah, definitely. Kind of thing. So we're putting, yeah, safeguards in place. Definitely. So if you're, if you're interested in these kinds of things, we can do some more videos around this content, but we have a bunch of videos in the program and standards, I feel, is probably the best place for people to get into this in terms of we have progressions in there. So as you get better, you can kind of click your way forward as you start to attain greater levels of bodily control it gives you the ability to progress and then you get that new level of resistance and we, we plan that out. Yeah, and we have like a general recommendation there which is you should do all of the progressions for a minimum of four weeks. Yeah. And the, the, the thinking there is that even though you might feel like, ah, this is a bit easy, I want to just jump ahead and do the harder thing. If you just spend that time, minimum of four weeks on each one, it means by the time you get to the thing that is moderately advanced, you have built a base. You're prepared. Yeah, your tissues have been stretched and loaded progressively. Yeah, conditioned. And it's like a responsible way to go sure. about it. All right, my friends. Bit of stretching, bit of load. It's good. Want to find out more? Get at us. We can help you. See you.